All of the information in this week's episode is strictly the opinions of Corey and Derek and is not to be taken as medical advice. If you are experiencing any of the issues discussed, please consult a medical professional. And now, this week's episode of We're Talking Drums. We're Talking Drums! We're listening to the We're Talking Drums podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffey. Hey everybody, this is Derek Doucette, and I am sitting here with my radiant co-host, Corey Hoffing. How you doing, well, Corey? Well, hello. I, I'm doing fantastic, uh, and I also have my dog Titan here snoring away, so if you hear anything in the background, that's just uh, that's just him having a good old nap. Nice. You know? My, my yeah. dog Bob is also over here napping, and I'm sure uh, at some point he'll start barking in his sleep, as he does. Uh, but that's okay. We'll keep it in because it's adorable. Yeah, absolutely. Dogs are the best. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, what episode seven here. This is seven. Lucky number seven. It's yeah, been a pretty no. big, pretty pretty big break since the last time we actually recorded one too. Yes, it was the first six episodes we recorded in succession, and then we were releasing them. So. Um, it is what January seventeenth right now, is something that like is? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's been like so a couple months now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For um, all the listeners, it's going to be instant. But oh yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a break. <laughs> yep. Uh, but from now on, we're going to keep it uh, pretty consistent. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, any any comments like uh, or anything um, that you guys have? Well, hopefully it'll only be like a a week or two uh, before it's addressed. So you know. yeah, we'll start being a little bit, little bit more speedy with everything. But uh, how have you been for the last however long since since we chatted last? I've been good, man. Um, I've been working a lot in my studio and and everything uh i now have a bunch of time off uh i was working a lot um over like christmas and everything like that and uh, now the av world has shut down again for 28 days so uh due to this amazing pandemic that's happening just love um, it it's just oh, the best yeah it's just just crushing <laughs> all the dreams um <laughs> But um, the good news is, like, I get uh, a little more time off to spend drumming, and I immediately, as soon as I found out, uh, started talking to a number of people and uh, have a bunch of projects on the go. Um, That's pretty sweet. None of none of which I can really talk about, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really stoked. I'm gonna do a lot of drum recording coming up, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully. Everyone will hear about it in the coming months, nice. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you've been pretty busy. Yeah, man. Uh, always busy. Can't stop. Won't <laughs> stop. You know? How you been, man? What have you been up to? I know uh, you uh, recently moved and yeah. uh, getting settled in over there. So. Yeah, man. It's been, uh, it was my, my fourth move in two years, maybe a little over two years, and my second move during a lockdown. 
So that's uh, as fun as it sounds. Uh, but Bob and I are all settled. We got a little place, and uh, I spent a lot. I, well, I I moved right as my school went on like the holiday break, so I had lots of free time, and I just kind of like blitzed getting my place set up. Uh, so that's all good now. I got my 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 studio desk all ready to go, and uh, that's pretty much like what I've been doing for the last few weeks. My school starts up again this Monday, and I just found out that pretty much all of my classes are online, which is nice. So I don't really have to go anywhere. I guess that is nice. Um, I do know that my girlfriend, Maya, uh, also started back at school um, this week, this past week. Um, And all of her classes are online as well, which is not hugely beneficial uh, for her. And, you know, and the type of learning that uh, the way she learns and everything is more like personal interaction. And and it, I would totally be the same way if I was paying for schooling, um, especially post-secondary, like like college, mm-hmm. um, going for a degree or anything like, dude, I'd be totally lost. Uh, I do my own education that isn't like brick and mortar school. Um, online stuff but it is built in a way that is um for you to decide you know how much you want to learn and 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 use your time right yeah which is the only thing that's going to work for me at this point um Mm -hmm. just because my schedule is a little all over the place and you know it's hard for me to just dedicate that much time uh to schooling and everything like that um yeah i get so I don't know how that's going to work for, for you. It, it, and if it, if it works and it's great, cool. Um, but I know myself, uh, I definitely would be more of a hands-on if yeah. I was in something like that. Right. So it would, it just, I wouldn't have as much motivation, I, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's actually not as bad as it sounds because my classes are still on zoom with a teacher. Um, and they're, you know, we're getting our, our specific specific assignments and everything. Um, I mean, most of my classes last semester were online as well. I was doing furniture building, and then I've since switched my major to uh, industrial design. But mm-hmm. just the online classes really weren't that bad. One of them was learning like 3D CAD software, which realistically, like, you don't need to be in a classroom for because you're all sitting on computers doing stuff anyway. Oh, so that was, yeah. you know, that was fine. Uh, there was a drawing class, which was, it was good. I mean, I think I would have liked that one in person a bit more too. Just I, I, the big thing I'm kind of missing out on is the social aspect of school, really getting to know people and you don't really get to know them very well in online classes. Yeah, definitely. And like, like I was saying, um, uh, my girlfriend, Maya was, um, that was a big part of it cause she's in a, a music production, um, uh, class and, and a big part of it is networking in the music industry. Yeah. So, you know, after everything shut down, I was like, nope, sorry. Now it's all online. So, and like, it's really hard to create those connections and everything when it's, you know, you're, everything's on a computer. Mm-hmm. So you just get, you got to make the best of it. Um, yeah, and yeah dude, it is I, what it is. I'm glad that it's working out for you. Um, and also, that's like what probably about an hour and a half of driving um that you don't have to do now every day 
Oh no, actually, so I, so I live in a. I, I live quite a bit closer to the school, so it's probably twenty twenty five minutes, like one way. So it's really not that bad. Okay, uh, so at, at most, because you never know the QEW and the uh, the traffic. Uh, mm-hmm. At most, say like an hour worth of driving, but that's an- another hour you can spend uh, practicing drums, right? Yeah, yeah in theory, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely haven't been practicing as much as I should be, uh, although I do have my electric kit set up now, and uh, I've I've changed my my kick drum pad, which was pretty cool on this. Uh, for the longest time, I was using a like a, a full size 22 inch bass drum that I cut down to eight inches deep and I had mesh mm-hmm. skins on that. And I was using that as my kick drum and it has actually, I had stuffed with uh, a lot of stuff to make it kind of feel more similar to my uh, acoustic kick, which, yeah. you know, it is not, it's not like pillowy to kick into. It's pretty, uh, my, my skin is pretty tight. So, you know, it's really a, a firm feeling kick. And so to get that, that same feeling on the electric one I made, uh, it ended up being quite a bit louder and I ended up taking, I had like an old cheap Roland, like one of the kick pads that come with their cheaper kits. I think it's like the KD eight or something like that. It's pretty much mm-hmm. just like a rubber pad on a, on a stand. And I just like double-sided taped a piece of maybe inch thick couch foam to it. And then put a, a layer of like a sound off mute that I cut up on front of that and it is super super quiet now at the the tri- the trigger still functions perfectly and i can play it exactly the way i would play my normal bass drum like i'm shocked that i haven't done this years ago cuz i've had this kick pad for like 8 years and uh, i'm pretty stoked about it cuz that was by far the loudest part of my electric kit and now it is so much quieter yeah man uh that's always the the difficult part because like kicks are super loud and i i remember living in in an apartment with someone below us and i set it my kick pad up one time and it was just like a a shitty practice pad i think the gibraltar ones and um and within like one minute of me playing the neighbor downstairs was like what the fuck are you doing like it's like you're playing drums on my head and i was like oh sorry like this one would definitely if i was above somebody this would definitely go through the floor um you would want to make one of those tennis ball risers which i did in my last place but Mm -hmm. since i'm in a basement and i don't have to worry about that it is just uh it's just the the volume of the beaters hitting i'll call it the head i guess uh but it's really quiet and, and it's all it's actually quiet enough that um, for the longest time I was only, I wasn't even turning my kit on. I was just kind of using it as a practice pad kit, but this is quite enough that I have a hard time doing that now because I can't really hear the kick drum over the other pads. Yeah. Which I never knew was even possible. So I'm, I'm pretty thrilled that I've discovered that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, that, um, that sounds like all great things, uh, are happening for you and, uh, <laughs> It's, uh, how I think that it's time to move on to our topic of the day. Oh, we should have like a fancy, uh, thing like topic of the day and then all this noise and stuff like they went on a real radio show. Yeah. It's, sounds like um, a lot of work though. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll fix that in post. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, continue. You, you want to go ahead Sorry. and introduce it? Today we are going to be talking 
about injuries. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Um, being a drummer is hard work, and you can definitely hurt yourself, uh, even if you're careful. Um, so, especially, I would say definitely being um, in the hardcore metal um or even rock genres uh we put a lot more energy in it and and i guess aggressiveness into our playing so a lot of stuff can happen behind the kit if uh you're not careful oh Um, man yeah there's so many ways you can hurt yourself on drums uh just in general let alone playing you know hard and fast like like metal drummers do yeah, and and like there's certain things that are like short term things um, that just happen spur of the moment, and then there's more long term um, effects of poor technique, um, and 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 that aspect of, of playing for long periods of time after years and years, like uh, tendonitis and and all that type of stuff that can occur. Yeah. Um, so why don't uh, I think. Why don't we start small uh, with the what I would assume is probably the most common and first drum-related injury that most people would have, and that's busting your knuckles on a rim. Rim or a hi-hat. Oh, I've never done it on a hi-hat, I don't think. Um, you hit your knuckles on your hi-hat? I have definitely done that, and actually, when I had a band in my studio um, like uh, back in September... The drummer, he's notorious for it, um, but uh, he plays super aggressive, and yeah, he uh, he busted open his knuckles on the hi-hat during the session, so <laughs> That's yeah, fun. I had to get out the bandage and surgical tape, and yeah. Man, I used to uh, back, I don't do it often anymore, um, And but whenever I was younger, I remember, I think, and I, I assume that busting your knuckles probably has a lot to do with your technique, the way you're playing, how accurate you're being and stuff like that. And so I guess that would make sense why uh, as I get older, I don't find I do it quite as often. But when I was younger, I remember it was every Wednesday whenever our band practiced back in PEI, I would bust my knuckle open. And it just, it, it went on for like a few months and it was like this, had this wound on my knuckle that would never heal. And even now, like I look at my my pointy knuckle on my like my pointy finger on my right hand was it my right no it's my left hand on my snare yeah your snare hand yeah, yeah. and yeah. it is just covered in scars <laughs> like there's so many and it was just my drums were just like full of blood all the time and oh yeah man like back back in the day um it used to be like every other show i would get a ton of blood all over my snare yeah, because uh, you're playing and your blood's pumping, and it's you could have just like a small little cut on your finger, but and you're, you're swinging your hands around. <laughs> you're swinging your hands around. Your blood's pumping, you know, uh, and so it's just gushing out of there. Um, and I had a even uh, super experienced and and crazy drummers. It happens to I remember Alex Bent when he was playing for battlecross he plays drums for trivium now when we were touring with battlecross though he was he was playing for them and he destroyed his knuckles one night and there was just blood (laughs) all over his snare and he has a white kit like everything is white 
Uh, and so <laughs> there's just blood everywhere. It did look badass. It was <laughs> sick. But um, yeah, so like it happens to the best of us because you get into the moment and playing and you want to play as hard as you can. And maybe you don't have enough snare in your monitor. Uh, you know, maybe your in-ears are, are just cutting out all your snare. You can't hear it, so you want to hit even harder. I know I, that's happened to me. I don't usually put any drums in my in-ears. Uh, I just want click and um, my tracks that yeah. I, I have. Um, so I don't actually like monitor anything except for my, my triggers. Mm -hmm. So I end up hitting my drums way harder because of it. And uh, I've ended up with uh, <laughs> bloody knuckles and uh, all kinds of stuff because of it. Um, and I've also, another one is when I go to do cymbal grabs, I've gotten my cymbal um, caught underneath my nail. Oh, I've done that too. It was the worst. Yeah. So symbols are can be extremely dangerous. Um, I remember Devin so. and I, uh, when we were younger, we were playing. I remember this time we were playing I Am the Black Wizards by Emperor. And there's a part, a symbol choke part that goes, bam, 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 bam. And I was trying to do that with one hand. So like hitting the symbol and catching it with the same one. Yeah. And I did it, and it was my thumb, and I drove it into the symbol, and it went half under my nail, but it split my thumbnail down the middle, probably halfway down. And I remember it just, like, poking it real quick and being like, oh, that hurt. And then I looked at my hand, and it just, like, blood dripped down my thumb, and I was like, no. <laughs> and oh, it just, it God. felt so gross. Oh, yeah, man. That's, uh, that's the worst feeling. It's nice and to know that somebody else has gone through that. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. It is really nice that I'm at the point that that doesn't really happen anymore. Um, yeah. Like any of these like small minor injuries and stuff. <laughs> um, now I just have the bigger ones uh, to deal with. Like um, my if I don't play or practice uh, for a while and then I sit down and I just like get right into it, my my left hand just cramps up like crazy um and it's not necessarily an injury but it's just like i haven't used those muscles um, potentially an injury waiting to happen yes absolutely so that's one thing that you know you want to make sure you stretch um properly and everything like mm -hmm. that get warmed up before you really go for it i just got excited because like i haven't um really been sitting down and 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 playing as much as i i should be uh and i got my pro tool session all set up and i got some nice reverb on the drums and i'm like <laughs> playing and hold on, hold on. They, this is one thing man um getting your in-ears sounding really nice in the studio uh, I was thinking about this last night too and i was like man all i want to do is play heavy rock beats oh yeah that's it when you have like that snare like pumping with that reverb and huge room sound and like all i want to do is play big stadium rock beats man and, <laughs> you know like it's it's awesome yeah but, i've been doing that because i'm on an electric kit lately with pretty good sounds and i just go through the like through the uh onboard uh drumless tracks that they have on the module and most of the time i'm just laying down four on the floor and I'm like, oh, this sounds great. 
Yeah, man, it's so much fun. Like, I, man, I want to play that all day. <laughs> like, dude, I love blast beats, but it doesn't sound as good as that just simple four on the floor beat, you know? Well, sometimes uh, you got to just sit in the pocket for a while, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. So exactly. so before before we jump into the big injuries that drumming can cause, mm-hmm. why don't we do a quick rapid fire of some of the small, annoying ones that we've encountered over the years. We don't, maybe not diving in too deeply to them, but uh, just so that everybody's aware that these things happen, and I'm sure some people can relate. Um, so, you know, busting your knuckles and your snare is one of them, your nail under the cymbal. One that happens to me, and it still happens every now and then, uh, sandwiching your like hitting your thumb and like with your stick, but kind of sandwiching your thumb between your sticks by accident. Have you ever done that? Yeah. That. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I hate that. That's the worst. Um, two two that come to mind is uh, Charlie horsing yourself. Um, so if your leg is too close to your snare or something like that, and hitting your inner thigh. Oh with yeah, with your with the end of your stick or something. Um, again, that hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> I, re- it I remember definitely has. I remember nutshotting myself once by accident because I was hitting my. I was playing something. I was like rocking it really hard and just laying into my snare, and I dropped my stick as I was <laughs> going to hit the snare, and so there was no stick to stop my hand, and I just put like punched myself right in the balls. <laughs> just, <laughs> it was like direct. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Uh, I dude, felt another, pretty cool for that one. Another uh, very common one, I've seen a lot of videos of uh, this happening to people too, is your stick um, falling out of your hands and maybe hitting your snare drum or your tom and bouncing and hitting yourself in the eye. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I dude, haven't had that happen, but... Uh, I, I've done it uh, at least three dozen times, probably. Uh, I hit myself in the eye all the time. Uh, it seems I've got a ridiculous, but it happens. I've got a close eye call. Uh, so, I, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that people listening to this know what we look like. But for those who don't, um, I guess it doesn't really matter because I don't still look like this. But I used to be really into piercings and have like a lot of them. I had like 14 in my face at one point. And I had just gotten two rings in my right nostril. Uh, they were maybe a week old and I was playing and I did a fill ending on my floor tom and I had to go back to my hi-hats on my left side. And so I'm swinging around and the tip of my stick nailed my, my nose. Like I hit myself directly in these fresh piercings. I like knocked the ball off of one of the rings. Uh, my nose immediately started bleeding. It hurt so bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and my my nostril rings actually never recovered from that, and I had to take them out eventually. Oh, wow. Yeah, that one, that one really sucked. Yeah, that's a very specific but serious type yeah. of injury. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, it was rough. I mean, it would have hurt without the piercings, but... Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah, smack, smashing yourself in the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure everybody's pinched themselves on drum hardware at some point. Oh yeah. Oh, just and that's not even playing the drums, but just setting them up. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you man. could injure yourself. Or like you after or hours of down. after hours of messing around with your drum rack, and all of a sudden the tips of your like thumb and and finger that you use to twist the like the nuts <laughs> start are all bruised and sore. Is that what they're called? Nuts? Wing nuts? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Twisting nuts. 
Twisting nuts. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, man. You could the tips of your fingers can be a little sore, you know? Uh, I guess that is an extremely minor thing. But, I've had uh, it, like I've done it before where I was just I spent hours and hours on like messing with my rack and like tightening stuff so much that like I could barely grip stuff for a while. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it an injury, but uh, not like hitting yourself in the face with a stick, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are some minor ones. You got any any more? Or uh, I mean, on? I've definitely like thrown my back out uh, lugging hardware and stuff, which is oh yeah, never fun. Um, I don't know if I really had. Yeah, those are the the main, the common ones, the little little guys. So I guess we can move up to some slightly more serious ones. Definitely. Um, and for me, it predominantly has to do with stretching. Uh, I would say that muscle and tendon related injuries are a real thing when you're doing something as exerting as, as drumming or extreme drumming for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and doing proper stretching and using proper technique, uh, is crucial to not, acquiring these injuries uh that can be very long term and can really shorten a drummer's career um yeah you hear of a lot of guys i don't know like mike portnoy and 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 some of the other guys um that are have been playing for a long long time um after shows they immediately just dump their hands into a bucket of ice you know yeah Uh, or have masseuses on hand to give him a tenderizing. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause I, it's a, it's very tough on your your muscles and especially your hand, arm, uh, legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have uh, really bad leg cramps from extremely poor technique in my younger days. Uh, in my my calves. Um, yeah. Mine was always uh, so my my biggest issue is uh, I've got some tendonitis in my shoulder, and I think mm-hmm. I may have talked about this at one point on an episode uh, where like what started really helping me kind of get over it, ironically enough, was cleaning up my foot technique because I would be leaning. I used to lean forward a lot to try and you know muscle my way through faster double bass runs, and yeah. leaning forward if I was hitting my china, which is on my far right side, meant that. You know, normally if I'm sitting up straight, no problem. I'm hitting it just fine. But as soon as I lean forward, all of a sudden I'm reaching back behind myself to hit it. Yeah. And once I cleaned my my foot technique up a little bit and I wasn't leaning forward like that anymore, I just noticed my shoulder started feeling better. And that's another thing. Like I, for a number of years now, I have made sure all my symbols were in front of me. Mm-hmm. So when I put out my arms... Um, my hands have to be in front of me and there's nothing, um, like if I put them out to the sides, there's no symbols behind where my hands sit. So I never am reaching backwards. Even if I lean forward a little bit, I am still either going directly to the side or, uh, I'm, I'm going forward, uh, just so I'm not straining to go back and, uh, potentially injure my shoulder. Yeah, because right? that's like a really... A, and after I've done some research into it, that's a really common way of hurting your shoulder is having symbols behind, like slightly just... Like if you're sitting straight, looking forward, 
you know, mm-hmm. 90 degrees on either side of you is pretty much as far back as you want to go. Yeah. Uh, and if you have anything back beyond that, you know, you're probably going to be twisting to get it or you'd be reaching back. And and after a while, that like you, you do run the risk of that causing some, some issues. Yeah, especially if it's symbols that you use all the time. Yeah, right? I used to use my china. I don't use it as much anymore, to be honest. I actually... <laughs> this is kind of getting off topic, but just since I got an ozone crash, uh, I use that a lot more. I just like it more, so I don't. And I also broke so many chinas that I was getting tired of having to buy new ones all the time. I guess. Yeah, um, I have two chinas, two crashes, two splashes, and that's that's just what I use. You know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I still have know. the chinas. Better to have them and not need them than need them and not have them. Oh, dude, you you have to have China. You can't not have China. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I never went down the ozone path. Maybe it's something in the future that I'll I'll look into. Um, I was but... unsure for a long time, and as soon as I did it, I shouldn't say as soon. It took me a little while to figure out the best way to incorporate it into my playing. But now that I have one, I'm not gonna not have one again. Like I love it. But also, I don't ride on my China. I use it very much as accents. Yeah. Like it's not often in either of my main bands that I ride on on my China. I think No Cash has one part in in Southbound right at the very end that I mm-hmm. I, I ride on it, but that's like one little part at the end. It's much more of an accented piece um, for me, for sure. Yeah, it's, so. it is interesting because the <laughs> we're so off topic here. Um, <laughs> I will say it's an interesting mix between a China and a crash. And then I'll pull a Yui and we'll go back to injuries. Maybe we'll talk about symbols in a future episode. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah, we'll have a, to do a whole a bad episode idea. about effect symbols. Oh, yeah. um, maybe that's next week. Ooh. <laughs> next week on. Anyways, uh, back to injuries. Yeah. Um, so the... The main ones I would say are ankle, wrist, uh, are are the two biggest ones at least for me and what I've encountered. Obviously, you had to deal with your shoulder, um, <laughs> and you kind of have fixed that now, which is fantastic. I mean, it's um, still not without like I still have to be cautious. Like even when I'm exercising and doing other stuff too, it's like I got to make sure that I've I've warmed up and stretched it out and stuff. And I did go to physio and everything, so that yeah you know, I think did quite a bit to help me. Uh, I do think that, you know, things I would, if I was to assume what the most common major injury was or is for drummers, it's probably wrists. I would imagine a lot of carpal tunnel. Yeah. And, and tendonitis. Absolutely. absolutely. With the force that you hit the hit a drum with. Yeah. Um, and just ex- the constant repetitive motions. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Which I think um, is why it's so important for you to take your techniques, like take techniques seriously, because um, it's really easy to just jump on there and swing away. But if you want to do it for a long time, uh, you're going to have to, you want to take care of your wrists. You want to stretch your wrists. So you want to make sure that you're you're playing with a a proper technique. That's not going to cause pain. And uh, I wouldn't say that like, there isn't one technique that's perfect for everybody, but you just want to make sure that nothing is hurting and that you're stretching everything out. Like before and after you play, exactly. Um, yeah, stretching, doing warm ups is is crucial, especially before shows. Because when you're playing a gig, you're in the moment, and you are gonna probably hit a lot harder 
um, and put a lot more energy into it at a live show because you're getting more energy from the crowd, mm -hmm. right? Um, so making sure you do warm-ups, stretches. A big one is making sure you're hydrated because um, so if you're – yeah, I know I have been in the past too. And, um, I'm really all I, all I drink these days is coffee and water. So I'm trying to do one cup of coffee, uh, then a bottle of water then, or a glass of water, I guess. Um, yeah. I haven't even been drinking know. coffee lately. I, it's, I, oh. it turns out the only time I drink coffee is whenever I'm doing something like usually if it's, it's if I'm driving somewhere and I want something for my hands to do. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even drink. I drink decaf anyway because I can't handle caffeinated stuff. Yeah, because I'm right. a I'm a bit of a sissy. But yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, a lot of the time I, I wish, just don't bother making it. I I can't survive without caffeine. It's like a huge crutch of mine. Um, like I I can't really even start my day until I have a a cup or two of coffee, and then I. I can mentally get out of the haze. Um, yeah. See, which I guess really, really sucks. I, I guess really I make up for it because, it. uh, you know, being on ADHD medication, that is a stimulant. So I guess that's where I get my, you know, my pick me up from every morning. Yeah. <laughs> that dude, that must be it. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I should look into that. Yeah. No. Anyways, uh, again, off topic. Um, so <laughs> it's the name of the game. <coughs> oh, are you dying? Yeah, I got COVID. Uh, uh, we'll fi we'll funny. fix it in post. Yeah, yeah 100%. We'll fix the right, COVID gonna, in since, post. Since we're taking a break, I'm going to cough. <laughs> um, all right, so where are we at here? So I guess uh, some some good ways of uh, like avoiding injury, um, and I think I showed you this once as well, uh, a really good exercise I find, because I think uh, something that a lot of people don't realize is you're, you're – a lot of the time what causes a wrist or hand injury or really any injuries throughout your body, a lot of the time is an imbalance of muscles because for most of your muscle groups, and I'm not a specialist on this, I'll throw that out there. I'm sure there's people that know way more about this, but from what I have come to understand, a lot of your muscle groups, you will have essentially like a, a pull and a push muscle or something like that. So for example, your hand, you know, whenever you squeeze something, we'll say like that's your, your, I don't know, your pull muscle or your push muscle, doesn't matter. But you also have muscles that will open your hand back up. So if your squeeze muscles are way stronger than your opening muscles, which for most people, they're going to be a little bit stronger because, you know, you if you're gripping uh, even like your grocery bag or something like that, you know, you're exercising your, your squeeze muscles. But not very many people really actively exercise opening their hand. And I, I remember showing you this once, and whenever I started doing this exercise, I, I noticed... Uh, a big change in my hand because I don't know about you, but like if my hand is just resting, not doing anything, it is almost in a fist. Like my my fingers are pretty curled up, uh, and my my partner or my ex used to make fun of me for um, looking like I'm walking around with my fists clenched, just because that's how my hands rest. And it's because of years of drumming, and I used to do rock climbing, and a lot of things that would develop like my my squeezy muscles. And so I used to take a, like a, an elastic, you get like a thick one that you'd have on broccoli or something like that, put it around the tips of all your fingers and then just open your hand up and do a number of reps with that. And then you, if you did like, you know, 10 to 20 of those, you take it off, you're going to immediately notice that your hand just opens up more naturally and it feels like it wants to be more open. And so yeah. that's a really good one that I would recommend people try doing. 
Absolutely. And I, I remember talking to you about this. Um, it was probably close to a year ago now. Maybe. Um, Might have even been the night that we decided to start doing a podcast. No, you know, because uh, that was at, at, at your last place. I, I remember that. That was in the summer when we came over, um, mm. um, which was a fantastic time, uh, as always. Uh, I miss and... being able to see people. <laughs> I know, I know, man. It's uh, it's brutal here, but uh, but yeah, and I started doing that as well, and I started noticing that yeah, when I rested my hand, you could easily just put a drumstick in it, um, and like it would sit comfortably. Yeah. So I've been actively like whenever I'm sitting, like if I'm just relaxing with the the lady or whatever, I like try to keep my hands as open as I can, um, so I don't like put them into that you know like french grip position <laughs> you know yeah um, absolutely yeah because it, it is a real thing and you need to make sure those the open muscle reacts the same as the close because you have to do that motion as well right it's not all closing when you're doing blasts or anything right or your paradiddles it's, yeah exactly and it's just going to help develop better i mean you know to be honest like yeah, as you said, if you're blasting, a lot of that motion is opening your hand as well. So um, even if you don't have an elastic or something like that, just try opening your hand as much as you can and then relaxing it and then opening it as much as you can again and just, you know, do like 20, 30 reps of that. Don't hurt yourself. You know, don't strain anything. Uh, but little exercises like that could really make a big difference. Oh, absolutely, man. One thing Absolutely. I've been noticing lately uh, from myself is my right foot has been like the back of my foot's been getting cramped up lately. And I'm wondering if it's it might just be because I'm not practicing as much. And then when I am practicing, I'm diving into it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, from pulling my foot back as I'm playing because I use the, the floating technique. So uh, a large portion of that is actually lifting your foot away from the pedal board, not taking it off, but like pulling it back. Uh, and I'm just finding my foot is just getting cramped up a lot. And like, I'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh man, like what did I do to my foot? I barely did anything yesterday except for drumming. So yeah. I guess I got to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, man, the, the, uh, the cramps and the, the muscle injuries don't really stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, you, you think that you're working on your technique and you're getting better then you're like, oh shit, now this hurts instead of that you know mm -hmm. so like i've always had a big issue with my my left foot um with my left ankle um i for a number of years i would wear like ten not uh, like a, a tensor sock on it um because i thought that would help and it, it did for its time um it's been a while since i i've had any major issues with it mm -hmm. but um back when I was doing more touring, not like in the, the thick of the touring days, <laughs> but uh, playing more shows, rehearsing like four or five times a week, like just really going at it. But my technique wasn't completely dialed in. Yeah. I would find that um, like I was straining my left foot to keep up. Uh, and in turn, uh, a lot of the tendons in, in, in my ankle uh, were getting strained. Um, so that was like a 
kind of a big wake up call when that happened and I was only like in my mid twenties and I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, if I want to keep doing this, I need to, uh, refocus on my technique, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, I remember being a young drummer, not that I'm super old now, but you know, I've been playing long enough that I remember being young and feeling bulletproof and not really caring. It's like thinking, Oh, it's just about playing fast, go hard and do it. And you know, whenever I first got like my shoulder injury scared the shit out of me, you know, I was like, I would have days where I'd be sitting there driving and like, I would have a hard time reaching over for my water bottle, let alone holding my stick and playing a beat. And I was like, Whoa, like, that's not, that's not good. Like what's going on? I gotta, I gotta fix this. And that was like, I, I went, and that's why I signed up for, uh, for physio. And cause it's scary. You know, it's like you spend all this time doing something that you absolutely love and are passionate about and then to think that you could just hurt something and not be able to do it anymore mm-hmm. like i know a guy who was telling me uh he had played a gig with and this one this really sucks this is kind of a tragic story uh he was a drummer and he's playing a gig and he ended up having to use somebody else's symbol he wasn't a metal drummer but he ended up using somebody else's symbols and they were like way way thicker than his so we had to really lay into them to get them to kind of produce sound uh, more than he was used to. And he he injured something at that gig and it was like caused some really severe tendonitis and he hasn't been able to play drums like in a year or two. Like he kind of oh, just, wow. he just, he can't play anymore. And it's like, wow, that is, that's frightening. You know, can you imagine all yeah. of a sudden one day you're good and then you have one bad gig and it's like, yeah, I can't hold a stick anymore. That's crazy. So kids out there, um, be very cautious of the thickness of your symbols and how you hit them. Um, yeah, just cause... in general, like take, I would say just take it, take in like your technique seriously. And if something hurts or if you're straining, you know, don't do it. This is yeah. actually saying that actually just reminded me of something. So one of my students, we, we, uh, we were talking about this and, uh, he was, he's, you know, he's very conscious about that, which is great. And, uh, but one thing we noticed was, you know, uh, he was avoiding, he was avoiding and tensing up at all costs. And I think that, uh, kind of came to the realization that sometimes it's easier to release this tent. Like a lot of the time avoiding injuries, knowing how to release tension and, and relax, but sometimes you need to dip into that area and feel the tension before you know how to, how to, uh, you know, release it, if that makes any sense. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You need to you need to find where like the the borderline is, um, and then be able to dial back from there. Yeah, and I think right? a lot of the time it's like a matter of just you know once you start feeling things tensing up, take a breath, keep it going, and try to just not tense up there, as opposed to just stopping. Because I think if you play until you tense up and then just stop, you're not going to learn how to push past that. Oh, definitely. Um, I think that can be worse if you just stop it's about recognizing when you're at the point of tensing up and then you need to psychologically kind of tell yourself to relax i've been i've had to do that like so many times um where i'm going through a blast section i'm just start tensing up and you know it's it's long and it's strenuous and um and then if i just like mentally can tell myself to relax it the the part gets easier to play totally and uh you know and 
and your muscles just like get in the groove of it and it's it's all good it's when you are concentrating so much um that you you tense up and and you can't relax right so Mm -hmm. you have to kind of take yourself out of the moment a little bit and just get inside your own head and and I don't don't want to say force yourself to relax, but you know, teach yourself to relax, teach yourself and really try to pinpoint what muscles um, you're tensing up and just focus your breath to that area. I know it's a weird concept and a weird thing to do, um, but you can definitely um, focus your breathing into certain areas and muscle groups and everything to uh, try to relax them a little more um for anybody who if there's anybody who like practices yoga which i've i've done uh there's a lot of Mm -hmm. parallels between that and drumming and exactly what you were just saying like you know you can send i don't want i I don't know if i'd say send like your breath but like you know taking a deep breath and sending your focus to specific areas of your body um you know for example you're doing a really fast blast you can feel your hands starting to just not do it right you can you know take a deep breath and just you know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, I think, until you start feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, you know, I can explain over and over and over. But until you've done it and and you get that moment where you go, oh, you know, then it's it's hard to really get an idea of what it is. Oh, definitely. Um, but I, I And I've, also that brings up, I think that yoga is a very, very beneficial thing when it comes to uh, exercise health and and running in parallel with with drumming as well oh yeah. i think that it's it's a crazy beneficial thing i always kind of laughed at it um you know all the hippies doing yoga and then i started doing it and i'm like holy shit like this is this is really amazing i kind of fell off um the last like I'd say six months. I haven't really been doing it as much, um, but um, I I really need to start doing it again because it is crazy beneficial. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really good for just so much. And uh, I'm in the same boat where I was doing it quite often, and then I kind of stepped away and, and fell out of it. But uh, I mean, just you know, physically, it's really good for you. But even like mentally, just having that moment to stop and learn how to kind of pay attention to your body because. That is a lot of what metal drumming is. Even for like, if you're just, even if you're the type of drummer who literally just wants to blast at crazy speeds and play fastable bass, you need to be paying attention to what your hands and feet are doing. And mm-hmm. you know, yoga will teach you to be mindful of your body and be able to pay attention to those things, uh, which yeah. is which is kind of interesting considering it's such an aggressive, or it's viewed as such an aggressive, like aggressive instrument and, and style of music to think that it's actually pretty mindful I oh i found that kind of ironic it is well and also it's the fact of you like especially in like extreme metal or extreme death metal like you're pushing the limits on what the human body is capable of mm-hmm. um like guys blasting at 300 and you're like it's it's insane speeds that these guys are getting to now. And I mean, I, I think that you, you need a little bit of that inner um, mental stability to be able to reach those feats. Cause it's almost like you need to slow down time in your mm-hmm. own head to be a, like, it, it's, 
to me, it's crazy. And I think yoga really can help with that, um, that mental uh, battle that can, that a lot of drummers can face. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, what is that? That's tendonitis in your wrists and feet and stuff. I'm trying to think, do you got any other uh, interesting ones that we can think of right now? Like injury wise, I feel like we've covered a lot of the the common ones, and some of the less yeah. common. Yeah, um, and like I think like the the biggest takeaway is focus on your technique, uh, make sure you stretch, and and drumming uh, shouldn't hurt. Drumming should not hurt, but also don't be scared to push the limits in appropriate ways. Yeah, um, you know, like. Yeah, there's, just <laughs> there's a difference between pushing and forcing. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. So, so just uh, yeah. you know, you need to find out what that means for you. I think and 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 go with it. Yeah, and everyone's different, man. Like I I know where my flaws are and what I need to do to prepare myself for uh, a a session or a live gig or anything like that. Um, again, like hydration is key. Try not to over-caffeinate. A lot of guys want to just, like, pound a ton of Red Bulls or coffee before they go on. And it's like, it doesn't really help in the way that you think it's going to. It actually causes your muscles to tense up more when you're over-caffeinated. So you really want to stay hydrated. Keeping your muscles hydrated uh, will keep them more flexible and more limber so that you can make use of them in uh better ways when you're when you're playing um you know being caffeinated and and having your mind stimulated in that way is always good but you know and too I've, much. Never, I've never been good at caffeine it always makes me shaky and crappy you know what's kind of funny i, I love it man. is uh I love some of the best shows i've ever played were whenever i was super tired and didn't have like excessive amounts of energy like we played uh whenever we toured last summer summer before uh we we played in Kelowna and I had like three hours sleep. I was so, so tired. And for the entire set, I, I played really well. Actually, I was like, as we were playing, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm actually doing really well here, but I just, I didn't have like, I wasn't overflowing with energy. So I was playing my stuff. Uh, and then I would do you know, occasionally kind of stand up and like, look at the crowd and do my thing. But I wasn't kind of like, hitting too hard uh, or overdoing it mm-hmm. uh, which actually brings me back to a point that you could kind of talked about earlier how you prefer just your clicks and your kicks in your monitors uh one thing that actually really helped me stop from tensing up too much at shows and uh overdoing it was monitoring myself actually i shouldn't say at shows but this started at practice uh i started just hanging like an sm58 over my kit running it into my into my little mixer and whenever I could actually hear my toms and my snare, I didn't have to wail quite as hard. And I, I found that, hey, like this is still effective. I'm still playing well. Everything, Everybody can still hear everything I'm doing. I'm just not like, you know, I'm not destroying my sticks. I'm not destroying my skins and my cymbals. And I'm not hurting my hands. I'm not cramping up because I'm not like forcing myself to hit too hard. And that was a huge game changer for me. So- yeah. Um, when Crimson was practicing... Uh, more often and stuff i i would attempt not to hit too hard and stuff and 
whatnot and then my guitar player greg would come up and be like dude can you hit that snare like you're fucking being a pussy man like <laughs> fucking hit it i want to hear it you know and a fuck so i'm like all right fine next yeah. song uh, that my fucking hand is just killing me because i'm just <laughs> wailing on it yeah well i mean there's know? a there's a you know there's a balance yeah yeah obviously there there has to be it's like and your sometimes and, and your cymbals and drums all have essentially a maximum volume and hitting harder won't necessarily make that louder no exactly and my snare is pretty fucking loud to begin with man like so he's just yeah. he's just giving me shit and uh you know i gotta just tell him to fuck off tell him to play good. his little guitar louder yeah hit the strings louder string <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you chug louder please uh <laughs> All right, well, Anyways, man, I think uh, I think this is a good time to end it. Yeah. Uh, it's well, been a fun little chat. Yeah, man. And if any anyone listening has any weird drum injuries that they've uh, encountered or sustained, we want to hear about it. I'm sure there's some weird ones out there too. Oh, dude, absolutely. And uh, then we'll do a, a secondary episode uh, about all these follow up <laughs> uh, injuries that that all these guys have occurred. You know, let's do it. Let us know. Absolutely, man. I uh, so yeah. Leave a comment. Um, fucking send us an email. We're talking drums at gmail dot com. All those stuff. You know, all that stuff. All 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 that stuff. <laughs> until, <laughs> that until, until next week. Absolutely, brother. You take care. All right. We'll see you later. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.